I'm Capri, and welcome to We The Gamer Cast. It publishes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play every single Monday. Patrons get it first. Thank you for subscribing, for supporting us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, for telling a friend, telling a mom, telling all the people we are here. We are back. We took a week off. Was it just one week, or has it been two weeks? It might have been a while. Last time it was Kato. Kato is amazing. The Kato the Potato, YouTube.com slash Console Kato, um, had an amazing conversation with her. We're officially friends i was gonna say best friends we're officially friends i don't want to push it too far uh, but if you're new here's the deal every week i have sweet hangs with a stranger from the internet we talk about video games and if you want to be on the show just tweeted me at sean capri sean like connery capri like the pants and we're gonna get into an episode here that you will see by the end of it like at the very very end you'll see like where that gets solidified because i was kind of like i'm just gonna jump into it you can already see in the title of the show the geek guru is the guest today bobby paul's when he was known, before he was known as the Nintendo guru, he was the geek guru. He had a show called the Geek Cast with, uh, with Toby, and, and man, that's when, I, that's when I first kind of came to know Bobby. He reached out to me um, on Twitter. I just got this random message from the geek guru. He said, I'd love to be on We The Gamer Cast. And this was back in the, I guess, early winter, or like something, it must have been like February or March or something of, of 2016. I got a random message from this dude named the Geek Guru, and um, at that, you know, really, it, not much has changed in terms of like anybody is welcome on the show, and that was absolutely true back in the day. And Bobby reached out and he said he wanted to be on the show because he heard uh, a friend of his, Josh Brandt, earlier uh, in the in the run of the show, and. Late, late in this conversation, what, what, what we're doing today, if, if it's not already clear, what we're doing today is um, we're rebroadcasting, republishing, reposting that original conversation, that very fateful conversation that Bobby and I had when we met back in 2016. Uh, near the end of it, he he references the the Sean like the pants or Sean like Conrad could like the pants, and I was like, I guess that's a thing now. Like if, if somebody else like noticed that it was one of the first times that I I had that that recognition, that notice that that somebody had actually listened to a previous episode, and and he was kind of like referencing that back that was a that in and of itself was was a change in the way that i kind of approached or even acknowledged that that there was somebody on the other end of this this microphone um but bobby at the end of this he also does another thing um he made me believe in this show he made me believe it that that there's something to this something different that maybe i was actually okay at it um this is going back this is this is the thing you guys you've been listening to me for you know week after week um and and Things change week after week. I, I think hopefully it's gotten a little bit better. So we're jumping back a couple of years now. This is 2016, almost uh, coming up on five years, I guess four and a half years ago, this conversation happened. And I'm not nearly as comfortable. I'm not nearly as, like, I don't know where exactly I want, where I want to go. Uh, microphone quality is like not even close. I think for Bobby, Bobby and I, but definitely mine, mine was like a, it was like a shotgun mic. I think I picked up from, uh, from Costco at some point, or maybe it was like a hand-me-down or something like that. I was just trying to make it work, man. This is, this is going back a number of years. But this is a this is something I've actually wanted to do for a while. But the reason that I'm doing it now, for those of you who don't know, Bobby Paul's the Nintendo Guru is in he's in critical condition, man. Uh, a bunch of us got to celebrate Bobby. We got to get on a I guess kind of like a call, and um, and Bobby could hear us. Ribo Ribo Flavins got to put it together with Carrie, very Carrie, and a, a number of us got to jump on a Discord call and uh, do a get well soon stream over on on Ribo's Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash riboflavins. And it was special, man. We got to, you know, he he wasn't able to speak back to us, but we we know that he could hear us. 
and we're able to send our well wishes and we all love Bobby. Bobby is somebody, somebody who just, he, he, like this show doesn't exist without him. And you guys will like, you'll see it at the end of this conversation. If you haven't already heard it, um, he saves this show. And from that, like we just, we became really, really close friends after this. And our friendship has, has blossomed and it has changed over the years. But after this, we kept talking afterwards and, and kind of kept in touch. And, and sooner or later, I don't remember if I don't, honestly, I don't remember if it was a week after or it was like a month after. I'm not sure exactly when, but we decided that we wanted to, we wanted to work together. We wanted to do more things. And I remember talking to Chelsea about like, I think that this is like kind of important. Like, I don't know what it was because you like these sorts of things can happen at any moment where somebody like you kind of go up to somebody and go like, I think we should we should work together. I think we should do a podcast. Like people start podcasts all the time, but this one was, there was something about this moment after this podcast when Bobby's like, I think we should do, I think we should do a podcast together. And we, we started talking about like, if we ran Nintendo, that's what, that's what came out of this. And my life was, it was changed forever because of Bobby. Um, we started a Patreon. We started the, the make us better Patreon. And that sort of came and went and ran its course in terms of, I mean, I mean, Bobby, like I've, I, we've been through so much. Bobby had a divorce um, and now he's in the hospital and we know he's coming back, but I wanted to take this moment to just celebrate that. And I mentioned the Patreon and I actually took out the, um, I took out Carrie's intro just because we're, I, I've got to cut, got to kick up gotta get a few more people added in and maybe i can talk properly here um so i just want to i just want to personally thank i think it's even more appropriate that for this episode i I personally thank um our diamond executive producer slimer snarf uh the purple monkey jonathan brown and lee navarro captain of phoenix overdrive by the way which we had an amazing stream this past weekend we raised twenty three hundred dollars for my personal fundraising page and phoenix overdrive is sitting somewhere around like ten thousand dollars we're getting up there um and also our gold executive producers, Xavier Reyes, Becky Grochmal, Ashley Nicholson, Argo, Gene K, Ray Martinez, Trucker Sloth, Zach Bradshaw, The Egg Shen, Skinny Matt, and James Johnson. Dr. Doom with nine O's. That is a callback. Thank you, everybody, at patreon.com slash Yumi Capri. You guys make this all happen. I um, I think I might mix that in every once in a while. I don't want to like completely abandon I think Carrie does a wonderful job with uh, listing everybody off. But I also want to have a bit of a that personal touch. I think this show allows for a little bit of that. So patreon.com slash Yumi Capri. You get the show early. You get it on Fridays, as I as I mentioned, and um, yeah, these these people who have uh, who I mentioned here are at the ten dollar and up range. And thank you guys so much. You're changing our life, man. This is incredible. Um, I, I can't wait for you guys to listen to this. It's a it's a bit of a it's a throwback, man. Bobby and I. I think Bobby sounds totally different in this episode. I don't know if it's just like if he's repressed or suppressed the the jersey. He's away, he's jersey in this one. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, I wish I still had the. I don't know if I. I don't think I was doing video at this point. I wasn't recording. There was a there was a time when We the Gamercast was a video podcast as well as an audio. Sort of abandoned that a little bit just to keep up with everything. Um, there was a time when We the Gamercast took a bit of a pause. It was actually there's a finale to the show, and um, that was that was the last time that I did video. And I, I when I came back, I'm like I don't know that I can handle that as well. Although maybe maybe that's something Ryan Trufford. Maybe that's something we could chat about. But no pressure. Anyways. Bobby Paul's The Geek Guru is my uh, guest here, and this is going back to the days in 2016 when I actually wrote down the entire intro. Like, now I've got a couple bullet points of things that I want to talk about, um, but I wrote down, like, everything. I was so stilted and nervous and just, I don't know, man. I I definitely have, I feel like the podcasting, I've certainly, I would say, got, gotten better, but I think podcasting for, for this many years and this consistently has helped me just talk in general, honestly, like, to hear 
silence to hear like somebody else like to, to to be able to be confident in me being able to like complete a thought before this like that was like a really difficult thing for me to do and it, it really changed everything i was able to present better at work and just be a little bit more confident in speaking and i don't know man i i hope you guys enjoy this this is definitely a callback um we're definitely we're all sharing our love for for the Bobby Pauls, for the Nintendo Guru. We want him back as soon as possible. I thought this was a really great way to celebrate our friendship. I hope you guys enjoyed. Here he is, Bobby Pauls, the Geek Guru. Nintendo when the NES came out I had or we had about probably 70 80 Atari games oh my god yeah we had a lot and but you got to also remember too Atari at that one point was like you could get games for free like you could like collect um cereal box proof of mm-hmm. purchases and send them in and get a free game and so we, but we, but I had Pitfall and I had Rivery and I had all the great Activision games and and all that stuff. So, so when Nintendo came out, um, I played my Atari all the time and I begged my mom and my dad to get me a Nintendo because my, you know, this is the new thing and my parents were like, no way. We're like, we got all them games in the other room. You want to play games? Go play them games. And I'm like, you don't understand. And they're like, nope, we're not doing it. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And you know, and and to to. To their credit, I mean, they were spending money on the other games, too. You know, it wasn't just the free games and things like that. So, I think I finally conned them to get me an Atari 7800. Yeah. And that's because that was backwards compatible. And that was just garbage. That game was horrible. Or that system was horrible. It was great because I could play my old games, but there was really nothing that came out for it. The system died really quick. Um, so then... I went back to begging my parents, and I think what kind of started to do it was my cousins got them, and when my parents saw, especially my dad, you know, me being a big sports guy when I was a kid, my dad being a big sports guy all through my life, um, what did it for us was when Mike Tyson's Punch-Out came out, and my dad saw that, and he was like, oh my God, this is amazing, you know, And, and so that kind of started it at least pushing the ball a little bit in that direction. Um, I remember one year, me and my brother really got really good grades in school. And my mom was like, you know what? You guys have been doing really good lately. I'm going to get you an NES. Problem being, you couldn't get them nowhere. Like, this yeah. is a year, year and a half after they launched, and we still couldn't find them anyplace. So, I'm like, okay... Because you didn't have Best Buy either at the time, right? We had nothing. You, nothing. You, the, the like, I bought my first console at like a Superstore, which is in Canada. Yeah. I don't think you guys have that. No. Like a, like a Publix or something like that. It was like a grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, no, what happened What, what happened was, was Sears was the big store at the yep. time. 
and Sears Roebuck. And the way it would work is you'd get this big, gigantic catalog at Christmas time. Well, you'd get it throughout the year, but at Christmas time it was always bigger. And you would yeah. flip through, and you would order stuff, and then you would have to go to the store to pick it up. So you would call it in. My mom would call it in or go to the store and order the stuff, and then they would call us and say, hey, your order's in. you got a week to pick it up. And then you would go wait in this crazy line to go pick up your products that you got. So I saw the NES in there, and I said to my mom, can we get it? And she said, yeah. And she said, get that and pick a game out for you guys or whatever. So we did, but it was backordered. And, man, it went six months and still no phone call. And I'm no. like, this is, yeah, man, it was bad. So finally, I'm like, I got to do something here. This is nuts. What do I do? So it was like a Saturday morning, and I start calling all the local stores. How old now, are we you get, at this point? Like, you get, you're getting good grades. You're in school, but how old are you? I would think I was probably 13. Okay. okay. Um, right so around you know there, 12, you know 13. Going on. Yeah. I, yeah, I got a vibe for what's going on, and, and, and I know what I'm doing. Because I think I was, no, I think I was 11. 10, 11 or 12, because I was in 8th grade. Yep. So I was right around that age. So I started calling like KB Toys and all the different stores that I thought might have them. So I called a KB Toy store, and they go, we got two. And I'm like, oh my God, no can you way. hold? Yeah, they're like, can you, I'm like, can you please hold it? And they're like, no, you got to come get it. <laughs> and I'm like, dude. Flat and out, like, no. <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, we don't hold them. You first come first serve. So now I have to go beg my mom to please take me over there. So I run out in the kitchen. I'm like, mom, mom, please. They got one there. Can we go get it? And she's like, yeah, get your brother. We'll go over. And I was like, oh, thank God. So now the whole time it's the mall's probably 20 minutes from the house. I'm freaking out because I'm yeah. like, mom, you got to go faster. And she's like, <laughs> I'm driving my, I'm driving the speed. Shut up. And she's like, if you don't stop, I'm going to turn around. You ain't getting it at all. Now, so now it's even worse because I can't say anything about her speed. She's driving. And I also have to worry about some jerk coming in and swooping up my NES. So we get to the mall. We run inside. And they got one. They actually sold one just before oh, we walked no. in the door. So they had one left. Uh, we get it. My mom says, you know what? You guys waited a very long time for this. Get two games. So we got um, the original. We got the NES. It came packed with Mario Brothers. Yeah. I got Punch-Out. and Or no, no, no. My brother picked up Punch-Out. And then I got Zelda. And, oh, my gosh. Yeah. So we walked out the store with, like, the holy trinity of, of you know NES of NES games you know because you had Mario packed in you had Punch Out to me is one of one of the greatest video games ever for yep. me um, and then Zelda which you know I can't speak highly enough about Zelda so so that's how I got my my system so for me growing up it was the NES the NES was where it was at that was you know. That was the be all end all, you know. To me, when you talk retro, that's retro for me. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and then, you know, I go into the Super Nintendo. Like I'm, I'm a very big Nintendo fan. Um, Let's dive into the obsession. So before we even go the into obsession. To, to Super Nintendo, because I know that it runs deep, but I'm, I'm, yeah. A, you know, I, if, my almost my entire life, it's kind of like I until doing kind of podcasts and meeting people in the community and talking about games as freely as we do, it was very much subdued. Like you don't want to let on like how crazy you're thinking about this stuff all the time. Yeah. So you get an NES, you've got the Holy Trinity of games. Mm -hmm. um, 
do you get like Nintendo powered? You've got do, yes. do you have uh, posters well, on the wall? Like what's uh, what okay. happens after the NES takes takes uh, its home now? I'll America? take you. I'll take you a step further than that. Okay, so I go home <laughs> and I open it up, and they had this thing in in this little card that came in in the box, and it said, "Fill out this card and send it away, and we'll send you a free magazine." I was like, Love "Okay," it. so I do. I send it, in, and it's. It wasn't even Nintendo Power. It was like Nintendo Weekly or Nintendo whatever. It was like some little tiny thin magazine. I got three issues of that. And then I got the thing that said, you're going to get one... Because you signed up for this, you're going to get one issue of Nintendo Power for free. So I got the very first Nintendo Power issue for free. And then you had to buy the rest. So, yeah, I had subscription Nintendo Power. Do you Um, still have any of them? I, I have you're taking pictures of them. I'm not sure if they're yours or if you're finding screenshots or not. No, I no, well that one I don't have. I wish I still okay. had the first one, but I'm, I mean I'm actually the problem is it's like a hundred bucks to buy it now. So yeah. part you know the kid in me wants to buy it, and then the adults like really man a hundred bucks for a magazine like come on. So I'm <laughs> I'm still searching though because if I can find one for a decent price, I'll pick it up now. If it's only mint the condition. number one that you're looking for, oh no no, I collect. I, I've been trying to pick them. I don't go crazy. Basically, basically, my 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 bank account is very diminished because of Amiibo, as, as most people are. But um, yeah. no, but and all joking aside, like I truly, when I can find them here and there, or when I when it hits me to go, hey, go see, go look on eBay and see if there's anything out there. The yeah. problem is the shipping, so it's a little tough. But like when I yeah. go to uh, certain comic book shops I'll run in and I'll be like, hey, do you got Nintendo Power? Stuff like that. So, um, but with, with us, and, and then we used to like call the Nintendo hotline as well. Yes. So you were so, paying for this. It oh, was like, yeah. what, four ninety nine a minute or, like, or seven ninety nine a minute or something crazy No, like it wasn't. That. it wasn't crazy like that. I think it was more like a $1.99. Oh, was time. it okay? Yeah, it wasn't, well, come on, back then, in I the mean, 80s, that's high. And, that's how I remember it, yeah. Being and like, that's a minute. That's, that's, yeah, that's per minute. So <laughs> yeah. not only that, you're talking about, like, you're calling and, and it isn't a one-minute conversation. You know, like, the one thing I will say about the, the, the hotline operators were they did try to push you off the phone. They didn't let you just go on there. And I believe at some point they even got it to, like, you had a three-question three maximum. You could ask three questions and that's it. They also wouldn't just give you the answers. Like, if I yeah. said, like, where's the warp whistle at? No, we can't tell you that. You know, you have to ask something else. I remember the one time that we called a lot. It was me, my best friend, and my cousin. And we were playing Metal Gear for the NES. And we were looking for key cards and stuff. So my cousin just didn't care. He was just one of those kids. You know, everybody's got that one cousin that doesn't care if he pushes the buttons with his parents and his parents could tell him not to do something and he don't care. He's still going to do it anyway. So we would be like, Jamie, go call, you know, Nintendo Power. Ask him where the, 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 the key card is. And he's like, okay. And he'd walk in and he'd go call. Well, he calls up and the guy's like beating around the bush. And he's like, before I get into this story, like, am I not, what am I allowed to say? What am I not allowed to say? Uh, we like, put explicit on it, yeah. Okay, so. good enough. All right, so fuck, we'll just get that out of the way. All right, so he gets on, now this is this is a, a 10-year-old kid, okay? Gets on the phone and calls Nintendo. And he's like, I'm looking for key card six, you know, could you tell me where it is? And he's like, oh, we really can't tell you where that is. And he's like, okay, well, can you tell me what building it's in? Uh, we, we really can't tell you that. And he's like, well, what can you tell me? 
And he's like, well, if you ask the proper question, I could give you the answer for it. And he's like, how big is Snake's cock? And <laughs> and the guy's like, what? And he's like, how big is Snake's penis? I want to know. And he's like, uh, two millimeters or something what? like that. Like, it's, like he's being a wise <laughs> ass back to him now. And he's like, then he asks, I forget the girl's name that's, that you're talking to all the time. He asks how big her boobs are. And they they hang up on him. And I'm like, so he comes back in the room. And um, we're all in the hallway. And he comes, walk, like, he just starts laughing, walks by us. And we're like, dude, where did he say the card was? And he's like, he didn't tell us. And we're like, what building is it in? And he's like, he wouldn't tell me. And he's like, well, what did you find out? He's like, well, I know that Snake's junk is this size. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me, dude. Like, that's all you got? Uh, it was crazy, man. We were just... That was the How one Nintendo cousin. is that? Like, right? It's so meta. Yeah. Even, like, yeah. even the line where they say, call us and we'll give you answers. They're like, no, this is a game too. Yeah. You have to yeah. ask the right way. You have to ask the proper question. We're not going to give you all the answers. And it was like, come on, dude. I'm paying you. Just give me the answer. <laughs> it was imagine nuts. That, imagine that today. Even though, even though we know there are guides everywhere for free, imagine if that phone line existed today. Oh. And you got, like, cause you can record any phone call now, right, too? So oh, yeah, if anybody yeah, yeah. actually heard that, if that went kind of viral, that well, would just explode. Let's look at it like this. Now everybody knows, okay? Everybody mm-hmm. knows that there is a code to get to Mike Tyson. Yeah. Right? 007-373-5963. Memorized. That's how many times I put that code into the game. It's insane. <laughs> I'm 42 years old, and I remember 30 years later that code like it's yesterday. It's the only I can't remember my phone number, but I can remember that. So, um, so we would call Nintendo and go, "Is there a code?" Because we knew there was codes and stuff. And we'd say, "Hey, is there a code to get to Tyson?" No, there's no code. That code don't exist. Now, there you're lying. Flat to out us. lying to I'm you. I'm paying you money. <laughs> To call and you're lying to me. I should have been like Nintendo. You're done at that point. But I was like, nah. It's you know, you know how it goes. And if you're gonna so, forgive him for that, you're gonna forgive him for decades and decades uh, of misnomers in the future. Yeah. Unfortunately, and, and Nintendo fans, it's like we're we're sadists, man. We just are, love are you to get getting are you getting jaded a little bit by this point? Is it jumping in the future a little bit? No, like, no. Running I'm, out of energy a little, or no, 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 no. I'll be honest with you. As of even right now, like I, I, you know, like. I'm probably more at this point right now. I'm probably more not so much like on the band. I mean, I'm on the bandwagon. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but I'm I'm more like I'll question some of their decisions. Up to the Wii, I was like whatever they said. Like the, they yeah. were like with the Wii, they're like we don't need HD. HD's junk. That we're good with our standard. And I would sit there and tow the company line and be like that HD's garbage. And then when I finally got it, I was like, isn't this beautiful? Look at this. Why can't everybody be like this? And, and so many people are like, we've had that thing for like six years. What are you talking about? You know? Right. So, yeah. It, 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 I'm at that point now where I actually question some of the stuff they say. But even when, when they're lying to me about the Nintendo Power stuff and I realize it, I'm like, no, that's okay. They, they can't give us all the answers. Like... Now I look at it and I go, what do you mean? I'm, I was paying you. Like you should have said, crazy company. What a crazy yeah, company! I love that. You could have given me. You could have given me all the numbers except for one, and then I would have. You know what I mean? Like maybe struggle a little. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. So I'm super was... impressed by your memory. Like my mem- my brain does not work like that. Like I think I've got maybe a few 
moments in my life where I could retell the story like you just did with that Nintendo. I'm curious if you have any other like milestone moments in like was it the same for the Super Nintendo for you? Do you remember like grabbing your brother and grabbing oh, the yeah, car man. and like oh, backseat yeah, yeah, yeah. driving and things oh, like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, amazing. What's that well, I'll, t- like? What's I'll that tell you. What, I'll, t- I'll tell you two stories real quick. The seventy-eight hundred. Okay. So okay. I told you I was begging my parents for seventy-eight hundred, and my parents were like, "No, you're not getting it. You're not getting it." And it was Christmas time. So my best friend comes over to my house. My dad's sick. Now I know a couple days prior, my parents went Christmas shopping for me and my brother. But my best friend comes over to the house, and we walk outside. And he goes, "What's your dad got in the back of the truck?" And I was like, oh, "I don't know." It's like, I bet you got Christmas presents back there. And I go, no, man. I said, my dad's in construction, man. He's got, like, all these different tools and, like, how to shoot sight, you know, shoot grades and stuff. He's got these, tr- uh, it's called a transit, and it shoots the grades of the of the dirt and all that. I said, come here, I'll show you. He's got stakes and stuff. Come here, I'll show you. We go in the back, there's Christmas presents. Yeah. And there's the Atari 7800. And I, me and my friend start screaming at the top of our lungs. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I got it, I got it, I got it. We're high-fiving each other. All of a sudden I realize, dude, I'm in the back of my dad's truck. The house is only five feet away. If my dad sees me, he's going to kill me. So um, I we jump out of the car, we run through the woods, we run about... 30, 40 feet into the woods, and we start, like, high-fiving and hugging each other. Like, we yeah. won the Super Bowl. Like, like this is the dumbest... It's a, it's a 7,800. Six months from now, I'm going to find out it's the biggest turd in the market, and and I'm going to hate the thing. So, that was the one story. Second story was the, the NES, or the Super Nintendo. So, the Super Nintendo comes out, and I'm seeing the graphics, and I'm seeing Mario World, and I'm seeing... Link to the past. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have video because we don't have the internet, none of that. Like, I would get Nintendo Power, so I would see all this stuff, and I'm reading every day. And all my friends, we go to lunch. Like, the internet is the cafeteria. You go sit around the table, and your buddies are sitting there talking to you. Like, the, the, the Facebook groups we have now, where you're arguing, your families yep. are arguing, you're doing it at the cafeteria table. That's yep. the way it was. You know, you had the Sega Genesis kids, and you had the Nintendo kids. And so, you basically have, like, one source for your information, too. It's probably Nintendo Power, and I don't even know what else Game was Pro. around at that time. Maybe e- Game EGM? Pro. EGM really wasn't there yet. Game Pro yeah. was the other one. Oh, um, Game Pro, that was it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Game Pro was coming on. Game Pro was, it was Game Pro and, and, and Nintendo Power. EGM was starting to come on the, on the forefront a couple years later. But at this time, you know, when it was the Master System against Nintendo, there was no question who was better. Like, Nintendo mm-hmm. crushed it. But now, you had these kids with Sega Genesis, and that's double the power of the NES. Yeah. You know, well... What else do you need to even talk about? Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> eight, it's 8-bit, 16-bit, but, like, yeah. the games were still better on the NES. Like, the, them yeah. games weren't better on the, on, the, on the Genesis. So we had this argument every day. So when the time comes for the Super Nintendo to come out, I'm begging my mom, like, Mom, please. And they went to the same old thing. You got... Because I probably, with the NES... I easily had a hundred games, hundred and fifty games. Like I had, I probably had close to two hundred games. Honestly, you're speaking in past tense as if you don't have these games anymore. I don't. I got rid of oh, them all, no. man. No. Okay, we'll talk about. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. Talk, <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, so I had about two hundred games because what I did was I, at that point I'm 13 years old. I'm working for my grandfather. My dad runs the company. My mom works there too. Um. We had a recycling facility where people would bring in, like, 
concrete and asphalt and things like that. And we would recycle it and resell it to everybody. So during the summer times, my dad, 13 years old, he's like, you're coming to work for us. So I'm getting paid two bucks an hour. Yeah. $2 an hour. $1 has to go into the bank. The other dollar is mine to do whatever I want to do with it. Well, I'm 13 years old, man. What am I spending my money on? <laughs> Nintendo games. But I bought a brand new Nintendo game every single week. Every week, I would. my mom would go food shopping, and I would go to, there was a store. She would go to the Acme to, to go grocery shopping down the street. It was like not even a block. It was probably like six stores down because the shopping malls were outside. It wasn't like an indoor shopping mall. Mm-hmm. It was a store called James Way. So I would go to James Way and I would pick out a brand new Nintendo game every single time. And then occasionally on Friday nights, my parents, we would go to the actual mall and go inside. And on those, on those nights, I would go to like KB or whatever video game stores were in there because Sears sold video games, KB sold them, Suncoast Pictures... They started to sell oh, them. Wow. Yeah. yeah, this is going back. So, yeah. <laughs> and I would just go and I would find the best deals. Like I would, my the first process would go go hit all the stores, see what they had. Then I would go, okay, this has this for this one, this one, and I would count my money up and I go, what can I get the most of? And I would yeah. try to walk out with two, three games if I could. So just methodical I was, at thirteen years old. Yeah, yeah, because I was I had and it was deep. The the the, the hunger for games was the deep motivation is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so now. I, Mind you, I have 200 games. I go to my mom. I said, the Super Nintendo's coming out. I want it. And they're like, no. And I'm like, why? And she's like, you got 200 games in your bedroom. What do you need this for? And I'm like, mom, you don't understand. I had to sit down with her. Sit, yeah, sit down. Let me tell you about I'm like, I'm like, look, mom. Here's the graphics. And I had the Nintendo powers out. Look, at here's the graphics on the NES. And then this is what it's going to look like on that. And she's like, it looks the same to me. And I'm like, mom, stop. Like, stop. You're not talking to dad. You're talking to me now, okay? Look, please, please buy this for me. She's like, your father will never let me buy this for you. And I'm like, mom, come with me. I take her to my bedroom. And I'm like, look how I keep all my stuff. Yeah. It's pristine. Like, I had shells. and I said, now come here. We go into my brother's room. And he has stuff all over, dude. Like, <laughs> when I tell you it's like a bomb went off, it's like a bomb went off. And I'm like, I don't treat my stuff like this. I treat my stuff good. Come on, please. Yeah. She said, let me talk to your father. That's the only reason I was able to get a Super Nintendo was because when I took her into two bedrooms... And she saw how pitiful my brother kept his stuff. And they saw how pristine I kept mine. She goes, you know what? She goes, but you better play them NES games. I go, Mom, I'll still play the NES games. Promise you. I said, but I need to, you know, play the Super Nintendo. I, I want the Super Nintendo. Not only am I going to play these games now, but I'm going to be talking about them on the internet, which yeah. you don't know about yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, it's yeah, going to yeah. be a thing. And like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be talking about the internet with, with people all over the world. Like, 30, don't worry about it. This is a big yeah. thing. 30 years from now, we're going to be having... I'm going to have a conversation on the internet with some guy from Canada. I don't even know what he looks like now. I don't even know where Canada is, but I'm telling you, it's going to be big. So so she's like, uh, well, we'll see. No promises. So Christmas comes around, and um, I'm opening everything up. And my parents, at this point, because I don't believe in Santa Claus, spoilers, there's no such thing as Santa not Claus. A, not a dude. Um, yeah, so I don't believe in Santa Claus at this point. Turn around. My mom goes... My mom comes up with this idea where we had a an ornament that looked like a stocking, and it had the family initial on it, and there was a letter stuffed in it. 
the letter from Santa Claus, and it says like, oh, you know, since you guys don't believe in us, or since you two don't believe in me no more, I decided to trick you and and hide some of your gifts. So it became like a scavenger hunt. My mom did where she would go. Where do, where does your mother do the laundry every day? So me and my brother would take off to the the laundry room, and there'd be like either a clue or a present with a clue. So we go to the laundry room, and there's like skateboards and all this stuff. So we're running around the house like doing all this stuff. And the final thing was the super. I got the Super Nintendo. I don't even know what my brother got, and um, I could care less. I'm like, I, <laughs> exactly. It was like nothing a blur. <laughs> the, minute, the minute I opened that box, it was like nothing. I don't even remember anything. I was like, got that Christmas. That's all thing I remember. And I started flipping out, screaming, hollering, and you know, just going ballistic about it. So that was like the greatest. So for me, that was my thing. But it's funny, I'll tell you, man, now you got me going off tangents with stories. No, I love this. I love okay. it. Okay, so uh, we're talking. Okay, so so yeah, let me get the old guy that might have a decent memory, and we'll see if we can jog it a little bit. Yeah. But I love talking about this stuff. This is this is the stuff that I loved, man, growing up. But So we talked about the the, the fanboys would meet around the, the table. Well, yeah. you always had the one kid in school that was like a great gamer. Like yep. he was the one that did everything. Mm-hmm. I was, was my that neighbor. Kid. Yeah, I was that kid. Okay. I was the first one in the area to beat Mike Tyson in Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Even to and this day, I think you're the only one. I, I, probably, I probably. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's I can't even beat him today. That's how bad it had been. So long oh, since no. I played. Uh, it's it struggles. I can go past a minute and thirty, do decent against him. I think I went like a round with him. A couple months ago, but I don't put in the dedication I did because this is the the most played video game I'd ever played in my life. Six months, um, or I'm sorry, it took me 18 months to beat him. I played that game every single day. Yeah. During the week, I would put in an hour to three hours a day trying to beat it, and on weekends I'd put four to six hours every day trying to beat it. If I lost, I, that's why I remember the code so much mm-hmm. because. I played him every single day. So you so, just jump to Mike Tyson every time. You're not wasting your time. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not going through that. the... I just want to beat Tyson. Because I can beat all the rest of them. No brainer. No problem. Like, yeah. No problem. But Tyson was the hard thing. So I turn around. And again, even with the Nintendo powers, it wasn't like they were saying to you, like, hey, you need to wither, you, you need to withstand the first minute and 30 fury of uppercuts. And if you do that, then you have a chance. We didn't know. Because nobody yep. could pass 20 seconds. The guy's knocking you down. And within, <laughs> you know, no problem. So... I beat Mike Tyson. I'm in my bedroom by myself, and I'm flipping out. And I turn around, and I'm like, there's nobody here. <laughs> Nobody's going to believe me. Like, seriously, because there was a lot of kids that would uh-huh. go, I can beat Mike Tyson. And then kids would go over his house, and the mm-hmm. kid couldn't do it. And I was like, oh, my God, I just beat him, and I had no proof. So real quick, I run down to my cousin's house, who lived like a half mile down the street. And I run as fast as I can. And I go, I just beat Tyson. I just beat Tyson. They're like, no, you exactly my worst nightmare. They're all telling me I can't do it. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, Because kids hard. playing games back in those days are full of shit. Yes. Everyone. They're all yes. lying about stuff. Yes. Because I, I had I was, a friend who told me he had three Super Nintendos in his garage. Yeah. Like, they're coming up with these asinine lies. Uh, Anyways, continue. <laughs> I had a cousin that told me that when you fought King Hippo, if you beat him a certain way, if you knocked him down a certain way, he'd get back up. And I'm like, but King Hippo never gets back up in that game. So 
Because anyway. there's weird things that happen all the time. I'll, I'll, just yeah. a quick side. Like when yeah. you go in, uh, in the uh, Super Mario 1-2, you're in the underground. Yes. You can hit the blocks and go above, like, and you're running on top of the score and the yeah. time and everything. Like, that's yes. ridiculous. Yes. That and leads the, and us the, to just make up stupid shit all over the place. And, and the minus world and all that stuff that you could do. Like, you yep. get into all that stuff. So you so you start to think, like, well, maybe they are legit. Maybe King Hippo does get up. So exactly. you're sitting like an idiot for months trying to re- replicate it and it's not working. The beginning oh, of the, the first troll in the world was people that did that stuff. So, exactly. Um, so... I run to my cousin's house and I start telling them and they're like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. I'm like, I'll prove it to you. I could do it. So I go in the bedroom and he knocks me out. Oh, man. And I'm like, do it again. He knocks me out. And I'm like, all right, screw it. So the third time, I'm like, because I'm nervous. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I got an audience here. Yeah. And, but I take him the distance and I beat him by, by decision. Now, at the house, I TKO'd him. But it, here, it's a decision. So they're all flipping out. They're like, oh, my God. Because first off, me just getting past the first round just blew them away. Because Hell, yeah. None of them could do that. Me just getting past the first minute and 30 blew them away. So my uncle was a huge boxing fan. My whole family was. My grandfather used to box in the Marines when he, when he was younger. Um, so it, it's in our blood. Like, we all love boxing. And especially at that time with Mike Tyson, like everybody's eyes was oh, on boxing yeah. at that time. So my uncle hears all this racket. He goes, what the hell's all that noise? And they're like, Bobby just beat Mike Tyson. He just not, or he just beat him. He beat him. He goes, he looks at the screen. He goes, you beat him by decision. And I go, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, you don't beat the champion unless you knock him out. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you kidding me? And I go, just turn it back on. <laughs> so now I'm mad. Now I'm mad. I'm like, turn it back on. Let's go. And I knock him out. And I, I just, this, I'm telling you, it was the greatest game I ever played. <laughs> every move I played, every move he made, I countered it. I knocked him out in the second round. And I turned around my uncle. I go, now that I beat him, he goes, holy crap, you just beat Mike Tyson. And I'm like, and I think I'm the greatest, right? So yeah. now I go to school. I go to school the next day. And I'm telling kids, again, nobody believes me. And I'm like, I can, I'm telling you, I beat him three times. They're like, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. So now, I go home from school, and about an hour goes by, and I hear a knock on the door, and I open the door, and there's 17 kids at my front door, and they're like, um, you said you could beat Mike Tyson? And we're like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, of course. And they're like, we want to see it. So I bring, my mom's not home from work, and we're not allowed to have no one in the house after school. And that's my first response was like, well, listen, after school, I'm not allowed to have anybody in the house. You guys Which is wait. like, so, yeah, you're full of yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Of course, now you're like, oh, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Come on in. So I bring them in. Oh, and no. They're in my bedroom, and I start, and I, but it wasn't that fear factor, because now I had done, because I, a part that I'm missing from this room was after I came home, I kept playing it over and over again. I kept beating them every single time. And it yep. just became muscle memory. Now I got them smoked. When I tell you, Sean, I turn on the game and I start playing them. And I start, one, again, I get past the first minute and 30. And the kids are like, oh, my God, he just got past the minute and 30. And I'm like, that's nothing. And I'm going through. These guys, <laughs> it's like I'm in an actual fight. And these guys are rabid. They're screaming. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and I beat them. And they all start screaming and stuff. They go back to school. And now I'm like... Nobody questions me again on that on that aspect. I would literally, this is how crazy it was. I would literally 
because we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have mm-hmm. pagers, none of that stuff. You had house house phones, but you won't call people after a certain time at night. You know, because right. you're always mm-hmm. afraid the parents are going to get mad or whatever. I would have people come knocking on my window at 9 o'clock at night. Oh and I open God. a window, and here's my friend with his cousin. He's like, hey, we're stuck on this part in Castlevania, and we're not sure how to get through it. Can you tell us what we need to do? And I'm like, yeah, go here, do this, da, da, da. And they're like, you sure? And I'm like, I'm telling you, just go ahead and do it. Next day in school, oh, my God, man, thank you so much. And I was like, it was just crazy, the stuff that took place back then. Like, nowadays, it's it's you don't, that stuff don't want to happen. We had the internet. You're not forced to, right? Yeah. Like, What's you, that? You needed. You're not forced to. To you can just like send a little, uh, a quick message out on yeah. the phone, which is yeah. more powerful than anything we ever had back then. Absolutely. Back then, but you still had the need to know. Yes. And you still had to figure out a way to to do it. So knocking on somebody's window at nine a.m. or nine at night is totally like that's just what you did. It's absolutely. Just, yeah. That's absolutely. The way you go about it. I love that's all it. you have. That's it. Yeah. So that was you know. So that was basically my my. Uh, that's my two big moments in my life that, like, I actually had, like, people screaming and going nuts. And then it was just, you know, like, we, my best friend, um, he, we would go to school during the day, and his stepdad would work nights. So, we'd come home from school, and there, we go into his bedroom, and there'd be a map for the fifth level of Zelda, the fifth dungeon, because his stepdad had played during the day while he was because he was off during the day and he'd work at night and he would play the map and leave us the map. And we would come in and we'd be like, oh, that's how we beat level five. And we go through and we beat level five. It's, it's amazing too to me how long it took us to beat games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, today you play a game, you know, you play a game like Zelda today and if you don't beat it within a week, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. You know, where back then, legit, I mean, I think it took us nine months to beat Zelda the first time because you don't know where anything is. It's like Well, that's why I was surprised you were saying you're buying a new game every other week because, uh, number one, that's like every yeah. game on the NES. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. They weren't – they didn't really have, you know, major weekly releases like we do now. Yeah. Um, but then on top of that, you do have these games that are taking you months, if not in some cases years, to beat that you'd always, always be going back to for well, years to come. Yeah, but but a lot of what I was buying was first a lot of what I was buying was sports titles. Yeah, because again I was a huge sports fan, so I was buying like RBI baseball and Major League Baseball and baseball, baseball, and yeah. Tecmo baseball, and you know I'd, I'd buy Madden wasn't out on the NES, but like they had a couple of football games, and you know I I bought Super Dodgeball, I bought Super vo- Super Volleyball, like I was buying yeah. everything and anything, you know, just to have new games, you know, the game. But there were those games that took me a long time to beat: Final Fantasy, yeah. Zelda, Zelda Two. Um, the Mario games would take you not as long, but but a decent amount of time, you know. But that was. You know, yes, there was games that took a long time. There was also games that didn't take a long time. Because there was Mm -hmm. games like Kung Fu that, granted, was a great game and I loved it. But there was really, after you beat the boss, Mr. X, there was nothing really else to do. You just played the same levels over and over again. So, there was a lot of games like that that, yeah, it took you time to master and all that. But it wasn't that difficult to beat those games. But the big 
legacy games, the ones that everybody remembers, took forever. And and the other thing too is you got to remember, we were kids, you know, yeah. like we didn't think about beating games. You know, it, it's it's like Minecraft. You know, people play Minecraft now, and they go, "Oh, I'm building all this stuff." You don't realize there's something to do in that game. Yep. There is something to go beat and do. It's not just run around and travel and do all this stuff. But people don't realize that. People don't realize there's the end game and the ender, ender dragon and all that stuff. And I feel like Minecraft is this generation Zelda. You know, and, and the reason why I say that is because, yes, you have the internet and there's things that can help you do things and all that. But, like, the discovery in that game... And the word of mouth reminds me of the original Zelda. The where, for sure. Yeah, so it's a totally different ball game um, now than it was. But but yeah, that's that's. It did take me a while to beat certain games, but at the same time, it was. Um, I also was blowing through a lot of games. I used to have a list. Every time I beat a game, I'd write it on the list. So yep. I would just you know keep track of where it was, and and I actually had my game separated on the wall. The games that I beat and the games I was still working on, and then my sports games. So I'm starting to get a real good picture of kind of what life was like growing up and as a kid of, of being methodical. I mentioned that word before. This is also like starting to get into a little bit of OCD tendencies, which I yeah. I, I uh, connect with very personally as well. Um, when I was growing up, especially in NES and, and SNES era, um, the idea of even beating a game was pretty rare, actually. It was almost just because games are so hard. There's mm-hmm. there's plenty of games. Battletoads and, and Teenage Mutant oh. Ninja Turtles are two that come to mind immediately. Where like yeah. I just have I've come to realize that I'll never see the end of the game. And there's plenty others. So I'm curious yeah. as to like, yeah, you talk about separating games. These are the ones that I've beaten. These are the ones that I haven't beat. How how important was it for you to have that pile of completed games continually? When I first, yeah, when I first started, um, it wasn't, it was just, I wanted to play the games and have fun. And then one day, I don't know what did it, um, I beat a game, I couldn't even tell you what game it was that I beat at the time, and I just was like, how many games did I beat? And then I started, like, separating them, Mm -hmm. just so I can make the list. Mm -hmm. And then when I realized, I think I beat, like, maybe... I had like a whole sheet of paper, whole notebook paper, like one section, the whole front page done, and then I started a second line, and I was about halfway. So I don't know how many lines are on a notebook paper, maybe 40. Um, so I had about 70 games that I had beaten out of the 100 or 200 games that I owned. And But there was games that I just, like you said, there was games that I realized I'm never going to beat these games. Yeah. But there were certain games, like... I'm looking on my shelf, and I have a Dragon Warrior up there, and that was my first true RPG game that I ever had, and I beat that game, and that game wrote me in, and it was like, I'm not stopping until I beat it, but at the time, when when Dragon Warrior started to hit, Nintendo Power started to get a little bit better with helping you, Yeah, and Strategy Guide started hitting, you know, where, you know, that was a big portion of it, like... The original, I think the first three to five years of the NES's life, you were on your own. You were out there on your own, and you were just trying to figure stuff out on your own. But then, the the latter half of it is when the strategy guide started hitting, um, people just started getting better, and, and it was 
things started to change, I feel. And GamePro, and that's right, you know, EGM started coming in, and, like, all these magazines. Like, I'd go to the, to the mall to buy magazines just as much as I went to go buy games because you yeah. were just trying to keep on top of all this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. That's so, interesting that you mentioned that, too, because that whole the whole idea of talking about games, about learning about the industry and all this stuff becomes almost as enjoyable if not even more enjoyable than the games themselves which lead us to podcasts and going on the internet and talking about all these things um i'm gonna jump just a little bit here because i do want to i want to talk about your show i was listening to it earlier today Mm -hmm. and you guys managed to the geek cast Mm -hmm. um you guys managed to do something pretty special uh and i think most podcasts try to do this and fail miserably in that you strike this balance between this unapologetic passion for it, which obviously is here. We're talking about it today, but also very chill. Like you're not like, it's not a forced, it's very natural. It's very genuine um, love for games, but it's not like forced on anybody, but it's also just come on in. We're going to have a chat about video games. So I'm interested to, to learn about like, where did the idea come from? The geek cast is probably like, it's like the Kleenex of podcast names where just, like that's what they should all be called. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so tell Thank me you. about like, the, the, the origin of, of the GeekCast and, and where you find so, these guys all around the world too. Yeah, so that, that's the other – we're like the United Nations of, uh, of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the crazy thing was, was the way it started for me was I always wanted the podcast. Just something about it I wanted to do. I was listening to Kevin Smith stuff. I yep. was listening to Smodcast. I was listening to Hollywood Babylon. And they were the only two I was really listening to. I was listening to Jay and Silent Bob get old a little bit, but it wasn't major. Kevin Smith was constantly, and he doesn't even now, he harps all the time. He urges everybody to podcast. And yep. he would say how easy it was. And I'm like, it's not that easy. I don't know how to do it. I don't know the first yep. steps. So my wife started YouTubing. And she kept telling me, like, I'm horrible at this, but you you would be so good at this because you can talk and you can find things to talk about. And, and I'm like, I'm not messing with that. You know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm overweight. I'm old. Nobody wants to hear from an old guy talk about video games and all that. So I, I'm not getting on the camera. Finally, one day I was sitting there and she finally hit me at the right time. And I was like, you know what? I need something to do. I'm going to start doing this. So I start doing the YouTube channel and doing the Geek Guru. Yep. And the name alone strikes a lot of like, man, you got balls to sit there and call yourself a guru or something. But that's why I always say like, (laughs) I'm a geek. My my catchphrase is geek, definitely guru. I don't know. Because it's more or less like, I know I'm a geek. I don't know how good I am at knowing be all and all the stuff. So, so I start doing that stuff and then the Amiibo craze hits. Oh, yeah. And I'm in the thick of it, man. And I'm doing videos about Amiibo and doing hunt videos. And I'm getting extra Amiibo that people can't get. And at the time, there was this huge issue with scalpers and people and resellers, whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. But these scumbag motherfuckers that would buy up these things and then double, triple, $80, $90 $80, $90 for a $12 figure. Mm-hmm. And I started giving them away and I wouldn't sell them. And it immediately put the spotlight on me in a di- couple of the different Amiibo groups that I was in because I was like, they were like, wow, man, you're not like, you're actually giving these away. You're not selling them or anything. And, and when I say giveaway, like some people go, oh, well, you were just trying to do it to promote your channel. Sometimes I was, yes. For sure. Other times. That's way better though. 
Yeah, but other times, there was time I would just give them away. And I still, to this day, just, somebody says I need one, I have not charged a single person for an Amiibo that I've gotten. Um, And that's how I met Toby and Alan. And what happened was, was I had been talking to them a little bit through the Amiibo channels and NVC Amiibo group. And uh, Toby had said the gold Mario Amiibo was coming out. And that was only in the United States. And these guys, one guy, Alan lives in Scotland, Toby lives in England. And they both had messaged me the same day and was like, hey, if there's any way you can get me one, I would love you for life. And I'm like, well, let me see what I can do. Because I always need, like, love affairs overseas just in case I go on vacation for my wife. It's always nice to have, you know, men that are in love with me. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, they're like, <laughs> so, they're basically like, okay, it's a little weird, but whatever. And I'm like, I'm just joking. But I'm like, um, so I go to, I, I, I strategize this game plan. And what I do is I... In my, in my real life, I am a shipping manager of a large floral company. So I have guys at work for me. And I went to these guys and I said, look, I need help with something. And they're like, what's that? I said, what are you guys doing tonight? Really nothing. I said, I need you guys to go to Walmart at midnight and get me these Amiibo. I'll pay you for them. No big deal. Whatever. Just get them for me. So I had it lined up where I had like two guys going to Walmart here in Jersey. Meanwhile, me and my wife were going to New York City to the Nintendo World Store to yeah. get them. I got them, got everybody one. I had, I think when everything was said and done, I actually gotten six gold Marios. And so you're at the Nintendo store in New York the day that it drops. Yes. Nice. So what's that? Yes. What's the what's the place like? Is there lineup around the block? I've been to oh, Nintendo World when, when a Pokemon game dropped, dude. And it was lined up around a New York City block, and then on the outside. Like the other side of the street around that side too. So I've seen when something crazy goes around that store. It's insane. That's, you got it. And we didn't know this at the time, but not only did they have Gold Mario, they had every single store exclusive at that time. So Rosalina and uh, Meta Knight and all the ones that people were going crazy for. Couldn't get, they had them all. So when I walked up to the register with my wristband on and said, Gold Mario, you owe them to me. They said, is there anything else you want? I looked behind them and I was like, I'll take one of every single one. And yeah. I actually did a giveaway and I gave every single one away. But I kept one gold Mario for myself. I sent one to Alan. I actually have a video, if you're interested. Go on the YouTube channel. Scout, scour through. I tricked, didn't trick. I surprised Toby and sent him the gold Mario. And he had no clue that I was sending it to him. And I basically told his wife to like set up the video camera and record it when he opens the box and he I like flips it. it. Yeah. He flips out and stuff. I and, love the, it. and there's yeah. background story where he almost, he had a trade in place. He had a trade in place for Robin and Lucina. Cause he had extra Robin and Lucina's where he was going to trade those to a guy. And the guy was going to give me a gold Mario. And what happened was, was I lied to him. I went on my wife's Facebook account <laughs> and messaged his wife and said, Hey, does, Toby, I, Bobby said that Toby got a couple extra Robin Lucinas. I just got an email from GameStop. They canceled our orders for them. Is there any way Toby would sell them to me? Because Bobby's going to be devastated. He can't get them. I totally lied. He cancels. This is how good a guy he is. He cancels the deal with the guy and then says, I'll give them to you. 
And, oh my gosh! And basically, I mean, we screwed somebody out of a, <laughs> a Lucina, but oh, I didn't wow. want him. But I didn't want him to get. I didn't want him to make the deal for the gold Mario. So that's in there. So anyway, man, I'll take the long way around the story. You got the most long winded guest ever. I'm this is right the best. This is my absolute okay. favorite. I'm going to tell everybody this is my favorite episode so far. It's getting better and better every so, week. So basically, what I did was we become friends after that. Obviously, you know. Um, we just all had the same common interest. And then Toby starts saying to me, like, hey, look, I'd like to do some videos for you, if you don't mind. I'm like, yeah, what do you got? And we're going back and forth, back and forth. And he's like, I'm going to start doing some Amiibo stuff over here. I'll send you the videos. You put them on your channel. So then we start this whole thing called Toby's Take, where he's basically giving his man on the street in the UK of what the Amiibo life is over there. Because in the United States, we knew it was crazy. Yeah. We also started to cause a craze over there because people here were starting to buy them up over there. So because it was so difficult to get them here, we were making it difficult on people overseas to go get them as well. So he starts explaining all that, and, we, and that's basically how the stories, the, the series started going back and forth. Now, Alan, at the time, he has a, a podcast that he's doing called Full Fat Gaming. And it's him and his buddy Scott, and they're doing that. And then I hook up. Now, I'm just doing the channel at the time. But I hook up with James and Josh Brandt from Life of Gaming Podcast. And we start to kick around the idea of, like, why don't we form this super group? And... Like um, the audio slave of basically Amiibo like video games. well, what it's going to be is like because at the same time we also got together with Corey from DNA. Yep. And the idea is is Corey was doing writing. Corey was writing articles. Uh, Josh and James were doing podcasts, and I was doing videos. And we thought like if the three of us come together, we're like the Justice League of of yes. video games, and we all have something to offer, and we all help each other. We come up with this name called DNA, and we're going to roll with it, and we're going to we're going to go. Um, and things just don't work out because timing, scheduling, everything's just everybody's yeah, kind of starting to go in different directions. Egos start to hit a little bit. I'm not going to lie, there's some egos there, definitely from me on my end, definitely from uh, from Corey and stuff. And there's some some issues. It breaks apart. It doesn't really go the way it should. I tell Corey. And Jane, because me and James are like, you know, we're not going to, we don't want to do this anymore. We kind of want to do our own thing. We don't want to have to be constrained to be like, well, what's best for DNA? Because we're trying to build our brands, so to speak. You know what I mean? So we tell Corey, keep DNA. Because he had, uh, I think it was called D-Pad Gamescast or something was his, or something. And I said, look, DNA is a better name. Take that name. Keep it. Go with it. Don't worry about it. So we all kind of went our own separate ways. Um, I'm still, you know, I'm still collaborate where I can and help out where I can. I totally believe in the Life of Gaming podcast, so I support them guys full force, help them where I can. Um, So more or less, at the same time, I get it in my mind, I want to start doing a podcast. Yeah. So what I do is, and now I have other friends, because I got Alan on one side, he's got his podcast, and then I got the Warp Whistle podcast with Mark, and I go to these guys, and I go, I got an idea for a group, again, kind of like a super group thing, but not really at all, not on the same level as we were going to do with DNA, and I go, we're going to call it Team Geek, and basically what it is, is we'll, we'll promote each other, all that stuff, and we'll push each other, you know, um, I guess the best way to explain it is, if you saw American Pie, there's a section where they're all trying to, to get laid 
and they're like, we're like weightlifting partners. We're going to push each other. It's the same philosophy. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. just, we're lifting buddies. We're going to push each other where we need to push and we're going to help each other and all that stuff. So that's what we started to do. I then at the same time go, you know, I want to do a podcast. So I go to Toby and I go to Toby and I go, look, I really want to do a podcast. And Toby had done a podcast a long time ago. Um, I think he did like two episodes and it died or whatever. And I was like, yeah. You know, I was like, listen, I'm really serious about this. I want to do this. I got an idea. It's called the Geekcast. Because I just thought, I'm the geek guru. Podcast, it works. That's where the name came from. He loved it. And he said, all right, let's do it. So we do about two episodes. And at the same time, Alan's podcast starts to fall apart. Now, as Alan's podcast is falling apart, I tell Toby, why don't you go to work for Toby or go to work for Alan? Because I'm still trying to figure out our podcast and get it up and running. What's the best way to do it? Because I don't know nothing. I don't know how to record it. I don't know how to do any of that stuff. He goes over, he does a couple episodes with, with Alan. Alan's got a problem where he's um, he's a police officer. So he's his schedule's all over the board. And he can't be on with this full fat gaming so Toby comes over, me and him start doing the podcast, and I go, look, at, why don't we pull Alan in? Because you guys did one or two episodes, and your chemistry's really good. Why don't we pull Alan in and make it the three of us, and we'll go with it. So I go to Alan, Alan's like, that's perfect. This way I can pop in when I want to pop in, and I don't feel obligated, and I don't have to worry about all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. We have actually have a fourth person coming. This is the first time we've been talking about this. So, um, Scoop. Yes, it's basically a scoop. There you go. Uh <laughs> There is a girl, she's a YouTuber, um, yeah. her channel, her name is Holly, um, you can find her on Halcyon Holly, is the YouTube channel, I believe, um, but she does, like, uh, video game podcasts, she's big in Pokemon, she has, if you look up Holly Fantasy Life, she pops up, okay. and, she, like, she's big into Fantasy Life, so she's gonna be joining us, because Alan, again, where he can't be there all the time, so what's gonna happen is Holly will come in. He, it'll be three people at all times. So Holly will come in occasionally, and then Alan. Unfortunately, I'm stuck to the point because they're all from overseas. So, right. you know, I'm the only American in in, in the group, and it's, it it kind of gets a little overwhelming, especially when they start teaming up on me and stuff. And oh, I can barely yeah. I can barely understand what they're saying sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, <laughs> no, they're all good people. Yeah, no, but seriously, not, nobody can nobody knows. Nobody can understand. <laughs> Especially when Alan gets going I'm, I'm going to have to swing stuff. in and, gra- and grab Holly for uh, the first. I haven't had a female guest on this show yet, so I, I might her. have to. Get yeah. her. Yeah, that sounds great. She is very knowledgeable. Um, yep. She's she's younger. Nintendo she's fan, I'm guessing. Ni- huge Nintendo fan. Yeah. Um, yep, but she but she played she PC games. Um, I think she has a PS4. She also has the Nintendo stuff, but she's a huge Pokemon fan. Yeah. Um, and she's a huge fantasy life fan. Like she's, she also does like tasting videos. They are the funniest things you'll ever see. Like she'll get, she'll get candy and start eating the candy. And it's just hilarious. Like it's cheap garbage candy, but the facial expressions and all (laughs) that, it's ideal. It's perfect. Yeah. But she would be, she would be great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah. So that, so we got the podcast going. Um, and then that's where I basically was like, look, I want to still have some YouTube stuff, going um and i'm actually getting to the point now like once my valentine's day holiday is done at work i'm going to start doing more of the youtube videos again and um because that's it kind of hit me in a weird place because a lot of my youtube videos were podcast topics you know i mean i was talking to a camera but the problem is is like when you're doing a podcast for an hour 
and it's a little different than what you're doing. You're basically just grabbing somebody and going, let's talk about your life, let's talk about gaming and all that stuff. But when you're when you're grabbing a when you're doing a podcast where you're actually talking about topics that yeah. are current, it makes it a little tough sometimes to do other stuff. Because especially when it's a slow week. It's like I used to be able to pop out like three to four videos a week about different things going on. And now it's like I try to save those topics for the podcast. So right. it, it, it becomes a catch-22 a little bit. Yeah, so, so you're now you're managing all the content that you're putting out there. Yeah. Which is so way back, we were talking about... Yeah. Um, you were talking in the past tense about how you had all of your games. Oh, and I'm, I'm guessing that there's some heartbreak that happened when you had to part with the, with those games. Yeah, now now it's more upsetting. Then wasn't so upsetting. Because okay. um, as a kid trying to acquire more games and new games, you just realize that, like, hey, I'm not playing these things. And mm-hmm. you never think that, like, hey, I want to save these for the rest of my life. And we were having a yard sale, and I just said to my mom, I was working at the time, and I was like, do me a favor, sell my games. And she's like, you're not selling them. I said, mom, look, 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 look. Sell my Nintendo, my NES. I still have the Super Nintendo. We're fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. And at the time, like, Nintendo was starting to do stuff like... Like, I never played the original Zelda no more. I never played Zelda 2 anymore. The Mario... They came out with Mario All-Stars. So I was basically, mm-hmm. like, I had... More you had backwards less, compatibility. Yeah, to some degree, like, I had <laughs> what I needed to get to get by. So I just sold everything. And I think I sold everything for maybe... I think I got like 150 bucks for everything. Oh no! That's the kick. That's what hurts you because now when I look back and I go, man, I, I know what I had. You know, oh, I had man. original Final Fantasy. I had Dragon Warrior. I had Punch Out, Karate Kid, Karate Kung Fu. Like I had everything, anything you can imagine. Ring King, like everything. I had them all. And so now looking back, I go, oh, what the hell was I thinking? But at the time, you know. I think I was like 15, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. You don't think about that stuff, you know? And then the same thing happened with the Super Nintendo. I bought the Nintendo 64, and it, I flushed out the Super Nintendo, you know? So you kind of... Nowadays, I look and I go, man, I would love to have everything back. I don't know that I would, or I'm able to get everything back. My feeling is, is let me try to acquire the things that really meant something to me. Yeah. So I bought Dragon Warrior again because that was the first RPG I ever played. Um, mm-hmm. and I played with my best friend all the time, so I thought, I'm going to get that one. I'll probably try to... The problem now is, like, to buy games complete in box. They're so expensive. Yeah. That's where I kick myself, because I go, damn it, you stupid ass. If you'd have just been smart about this stuff and hung on to it, but at the time... Yeah, how do you have foresight about something like you that? Don't. The other thing too, like you, you're a guy who's giving amiibos away that are worth hundreds of dollars, yeah. right? Like it's not like you're, you would have turned around and sold these no. things in a box, no. right? And, it's for you. It's for you. And, and when I was a kid, like I collected comic books, I still do yep. to some degree. Um, but like I looked at those comic books and baseball cards were my two big things as a kid. Collected. Love it. And I was like, they're going to be worth money. They're going to be worth thousands of dollars when I get older. Video games are junk. They're not going to be worth yeah. anything. You play them and it's done. You, th- you get rid of them. That was my thinking then. I never... Th- mm-hmm. And now, looking back, the video games are worth money and the baseball cards are worth nothing. You know? So yeah, right. It's like... It, it's a strange time you live in, but you just don't think. And not even that. Like, I just... 
It's like anything. You're That's a because kid. comic book cards and or comic books and baseball cards already had their time where people were kind of making money off of yes. holding on to them. So you thought about that because yeah, that's what people had done with video games. Yeah, but the other thing too is like with video games, like you have this like self perpetuating like economy in your own little world. You're yeah. like, well, I'm going to use my video games to pay for future video games. Yes. You don't look at, you know, looking. You don't diversify your portfolio as a ten year old yeah. in video games. And, and that's where GameStop became really bad for me. Like okay. Like I was using games like I traded in my GameCube and to to, to fund my Wii. Like yeah. you know, and my, my Wii to fund my PS three and all that stuff. And it was like mm-hmm. it wasn't until honestly it wasn't until I got the Wii U that I was just finally I got fed up and I'm like, why do I keep doing this? Why do I go to GameStop and give them ten fifteen games and they give me ten fifteen dollars? This is yeah. ridiculous. And Honestly, people can say what they want about Nintendo, and they can they can bash and rag on Nintendo all they want. But you know something? I could take a Nintendo game in there and get top dollar for a Nintendo game. Where yep. I'll take Last of Us in there, and they'll give me seven bucks if I'm lucky. Yeah, one of the best games of all time yeah, we already talked about. Yeah, exactly. But I, if I take Gal- Super Mario Galaxy, I'm getting 30 bucks easy for that thing. Yeah, so that's crazy. That's the one nice thing about Nintendo games when you if you just do decide to do trade-ins. But when the Wii U came out, you know, I was buying all my stuff physically, and they offered that digital deluxe program. And I first tried to sign up for it, and I was like, I don't know what this is, whatever. And it didn't go through. For whatever reason, my, my Nintendo ID wasn't lining up with the account. It didn't go through. I was like, ah, forget it, whatever. So then I found out, oh, wait, it is working. So I looked, and I, there was a couple of, like, indie games that I bought. And I saw that I was earning credit. The minute I saw that, I said, that's it. I went and bought it. um external hard drive mm-hmm. and I started downloading everything on the Wii U and when I tell you I utilize that program to the maximum yeah I mean I got hundreds of dollars back from Nintendo just on digital games and that's the way I went I just went a hundred percent digital two reasons one I was getting a little bit of money back two yep. I can't trade them games in and I can't get rid of those games they're stuck with me and stuck with that console and I'm like that's what I... So now I finally got it through my head after 40 years, 30 years of gaming, don't trade in your stuff, keep your stuff. Because you always get that... Because that's the only the one thing. And there's not a single person in this world that can say this isn't the fact. This is why you shouldn't trade in your games. Six months after you trade in that game, you want to play it again. Yeah. never fails. It could yep. be the biggest piece of garbage in the world. Six months <laughs> later, you go, man, I would really like to just give that a second shot or try it again but you can't unless you go pay full price and that's why I basically said that's it enough's enough no more of this stuff which is so yeah which is so silly what about space imagine all those games you're talking about hundreds of NES games hundreds of of Super Nintendo games um do you have somewhere to put all that stuff if you still had them or has that been an issue where you're thinking maybe I, you know, you're in a different place now as, a, as an adult yeah. maybe I don't have space for all like because that's kind of where I'm I'm literally I'm building shelves yeah. so I can stock old games that, that yeah, yeah that, I'm not sure I, I'm with you there play. That's, you know because when when I started I think I moved out the first time when I was 25 years old so I moved out and then I was gone for a year and I came back home and I stayed with my mom for another three years and then I moved out but like in between all those moves and stuff that was the other reality again like mm-hmm. what am I keeping what am I getting rid of I gotta pack mm-hmm. up all this stuff I gotta move it and it was just like and screw it. And your perspectives on life, I think, change a little bit too. 
you know, when you start to go through and you start to realize, like, you can call right now for me a midlife crisis or whatever you might want to call it at this point. My dad will all the time, when he comes over, he breaks my balls and says, oh, you're like a 15-year-old again. And I'm like, you know what, man? It's what keeps me young. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want technology to pass me by. That's my biggest fear. Like, I look at my dad, and my dad, when I was a kid, had the best stereo equipment, VHSs, Betamaxes. Everything was top of the line. Everything ran through each other. You know how to look. He can't even hook up a high-definition TV no more. Yeah. He can't even go to the store and buy one. He's got to mm-hmm. ask me to come with him so he can buy it. I don't want to be... The day... I, this is my true belief. The day technology passes you by and you become dependent upon other people, part of your life, you, you die a little bit. And and that may sound harsh to some realities, but it's the truth. When you can't... I want to be able... I want to be the 80-year-old that's still texting or mm-hmm. doing whatever. So I'm constantly staying on top of this stuff because I want to keep my finger on the pulse or whatever. My yep. wife, we joke all the time, she's younger than me, but all the time she'll be like, oh... Still talk about the 80s and different stuff like that. And, like, when we're going for a ride, we got serious satellite radio. And, like, I'm putting on, like, serious Now and all the new stuff. And she's like, this is garbage. Put on the 80s. And I'm like, you're stuck in a time warp. And I'm like, I know that I can at least have conversations with younger people. Because, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not taking anything from her or anything like that. But I don't want to be that person that doesn't know what's going on in the world. I want to, well, in a way, you you end up being forcing yourself to talk about the same thing for the like the same decade yeah. for the next sixty years. Yeah. So, so, so that's a huge part so of it. Now I look at myself and I go, okay, um, playing video games. I'm in a different mindset, and I looked at it and went, video games is where it's at for me. I'm going to do this for the rest of my life because I think you hit that point where you go, everybody and everybody that's listening to me probably is in their twenties to thirties. Mm-hmm. Listen to me. Take my words. Believe what I'm saying. You're going to hit that point in your life where you're going to go, I'm too old for this stuff. I need to grow up. I need to become an adult. I need to become my parents. I need to go get, you know, you you may already have a job, but I need to take my job serious and all that stuff. When I clock into work and I do my job, I do my job to the best of my ability, and my boss is happy with me, I get raises, I get promotions, I do all that stuff. When I clock out and I come home, I go back to being like I was like a kid and having a good time and playing video games. What was... I look back at my life and the most cherished time in my life and the best times of my life is when I was a little kid playing video games. Why should I give that up? Because Mm -hmm. adults tell me I should? Because that's that's the proper thing to do? I want to be happy. I want to have a good time in my life. That's what you live life for. It means nothing if you're not having a good time with life and you're not enjoying yourself. So I look at it and go, my best times are playing games, talking to my friends. Like, when I sit down for an hour a week and I do the Geek Cast, even right now, this this hour, whatever we're at right now, that we've been talking, best time of the week for me. Best yep. time of the week for me. Because I'm, I'm talking about stuff that I love and enjoy, and I'm having a good mm-hmm. time with it. And it's the same philosophy. You know, it's the same philosophy on the other side. You know, you don't want to get stuck into that place where you get up, you go to work, you come home, you pay the bills, you go to bed, mm-hmm. you get up, you go to work. That's boring. Boring. It's garbage. Yeah. Be happy with what you're doing and make that realization that, like, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. That's when you go, I'm not getting rid of my stuff. I'm keeping my stuff. Hell, come hell or high water, I'm keeping everything I have. 
And that's when I was like, I got all this stuff, and I started to create this game room. And you can see it, the people listening can't see it. But I got the game room, I got all this stuff up, and I'm like, I'm going to make it look nice. And when you, that's the other thing, people will go, well, how do you get your wife to let you do all this stuff? If I had all my stuff cluttered, <laughs> laying all over the place, it wouldn't happen. Yep, yeah, you're neat. Everything's Since you were neat, 10 years old. Organized together. And when mm-hmm. you do it like that, people will accept it and mm-hmm. be more willing to check it out and be like, okay, this is fine with me. She never has once said to me, like, you're not allowed to do that. Why? Because she knows that, like, anybody could come in this room and it doesn't matter how old they are, you're like, oh, my God, this is this is cool because mm-hmm. it's put together nicely. And that's what you have to, you know, there's certain things you got to do, but whatever. It is what it is. Well, that's why I love, I, I asked you earlier about, um, you know, what got you into podcasting and all that kind of stuff. What mm-hmm. you were just talking about. And the way that you're able to articulate that is exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing and why I love doing podcasting is because I think that what you just said goes through everybody's minds without them even realizing it. That I don't want to – like it takes a podcast. It takes a long-form conversation to kind of drill down to like what are we talking about here? Why am I doing this? And I think that you have to give it some critical thought about – I don't want to be just waking up, going to work, coming home, paying the bills, go to bed. I don't want to get stuck in that. And at the end of the day, like what makes you happy? If it's this, awesome. And we live in in a time now where it's not only just like tolerable, but it's accepted. It's just the way that things are because we all grew up loving this stuff. And now we're the ones, you know, we rule the world. Well, this, so here's a here's a here's a last aside that I'll, I'll take it down. And I, I don't know. If I, this is something I tell some people. It's so funny that I have, like I mentioned before, very few vivid memories of my life uh-huh. because my brain is just I don't know. Maybe I've been hit in the head too many times. Possibly, but uh, it's very possible. It's the milk they made your kids drink. Is in I know, I know. That's well. That stops with my generation. Yeah. We're on right, like yeah. yeah. Um, so grade two, we're in like. Uh, school assembly or something i don't even know what it was for thanksgiving or something and we had some sort of guest speaker and they were talking about they said the word that all adults will say to every kid every generation they say you will be the leaders of tomorrow and i remember grade two i'm what seven years old and i remember thinking to myself are you sure that's such a good idea Like, like we don't know what we're talking about little now you know whatever it is 30 years later i grew up and i realized just because you're an adult doesn't know, mean you know what you're talking no. about. You, you're you're surrounded by all the kids you went to elementary yeah. school with. They just got some money and jobs. I'll but take I'll take anyway. your story and I'll expand upon it just a little bit. <laughs> I took that comment and I went to my grandfather's house and I yeah. said that to him and he started to laugh and he goes, yep. "I pray that I'm dead and gone." By the time your generation's running this world, he said, hey, you guys are screwed. And I was like, whatever. We'll run it 10 times better. Now I look and I look at my friends that are, you know, and I go, we're screwed. You guys, yep. you guys are screwing the pooch on this one. Well, I think your grandpa and I are kindred spirits. We're on the same page with that one because I look around, especially in, in the States. I'm not sure if it's as bad as here, but like in Canada, retail stores are, are closing by the week. Yeah. We've got, you know, sides of Best Buy that are uh, that are dropping. Like big, big name Target is gone. Yeah. All these huge Sony store. I'm not sure if you guys have no, that. No. But anyway, there's with, there's all these different things that are like pillars of retail here and they're just gone. Yeah. And so this is, you know, this is me thinking back when I'm in grade two of, of uh, we're, we're now managing these retail places and we're failing the entire world but, because but, we don't know how to run them. But you know something, Sean, in, in all honesty, 
everything runs in cycles. Yeah, it's it's the circle of life, man. It's it's the way it is. You think about it, and you go, "Why are Best Buys closing?" Well, because they've got a Best Buy, and they've got this other, you know, this other whatever electronic store here, and this one here, and they can't not. There's not enough to go around for everybody to open a store and everybody be successful. Something's got to give, you know. So Mm -hmm. when when the stuff falls apart, I felt like. Man, we're getting off on a tangent now. But I felt like the best <laughs> thing that fault. could have happened was the United States government not save the auto industry when it collapsed. Because I felt in the ashes, the phoenix rises. And something mm-hmm. else will come up. There'll be another car manufacturer that will survive and will step up. And we're not going to not have cars. It's not going to happen. But yeah. within when that all crashes... The next company will come up, you know, because you got Google making Figure cars and, and, yep. and all these other companies making cars. Now, maybe that was maybe because the United States saved the auto industry in the United States. It cut Google off a little bit, you know, from coming up and, and, and starting to sell cars quicker or whatever. You don't know, you know what I mean? But yeah. well, my feeling is always like it's a circle of life. This, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm totally oversimplifying. Like, what is it actually like? There are so many forces at work here, but yeah. I just often, though, but you know, back to the point of just like when we grow up and now that we're sort of in charge, yeah. you know, it's just a funny, it's just a funny dynamic. Oh, absolutely, but, uh, absolutely. Yeah, man, it's been. You know what? Before we before we uh, close things off, I want to confirm. Yes, you're on PlayStation. You're on Nintendo. You're all over the place. Tell everyone where people can connect with you, oh, play some yeah, games, I'm and all... find you on the internet. Got another hour? No, it's uh Yeah, right. You can find my YouTube stuff. <laughs> The Geek Guru on YouTube. You can follow me Instagram, Twitter at the Geek Gurus. I'm on Facebook, Geek Guru. Follow me there. Um, on the Nintendo, if anybody wants to play games, that list is pretty much packed. But if you know, if you send me a message, I'll I'll delete somebody else and add you if you feel like playing one night. Um, that's a uh, Paoli P A O L I eight two eight zero. And then on a PlayStation Network, it's Bobby underscore Comics. And that's it. That's all I got. I think that's great, yeah. man. So I'm well, all over the place. Oh, well, let me say I something am... before I've already I've okay. already taken like an hour and something of your show. Let's just keep going. We're just gonna, you know, I'm taking over your show, right? We're just gonna keep going. <laughs> with this. I just want to tell anybody this. Anybody that's listening to this right now, I pray that you do two things: you go check out everything that Sean is doing because he's doing great stuff. He's doing he's doing God's work for us lowly podcasters and getting us <laughs> the limelight a little bit. But also, if you are doing podcasts and things like that, shoot him a message. Get on this show. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I've guessed on quite a few shows. Um, and this is this has been by far one of my, my most favorite episodes that I've done for somebody. Just because, I don't know why. It was just, it was great. You know, we we're talking about stuff that I, I really enjoyed talking about. It was carefree. You know, you... you Cut the chains off my jaws and just let me go, which everybody that knows me knows that's a mistake, but you, you braved it and you were bold. Um, just kidding. Not kidding about the, the, the me not shutting up because I'm definitely a, a long-winded person. But but honestly, like check out Sean's stuff. Follow him, Sean Capri, like the pants. He says that all the time on Twitter. <laughs> check him out, seriously. But he's a good guy. Like when I sent him the message and said, "Hey, you know, I'd like to come on the show," I was worried that he'd be like, "You're, you're a nobody. I'm not bringing you on the show. Are you nuts?" Then I realized he brought Josh Brandt on, and I thought if he brought Josh Brandt on, 
He'll bring anybody on. This guy's it's desperate. It's open so. season. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Josh. I'm just kidding. But um, no, seriously, check out check out everything that Sean's doing. Oh man, well if you, I don't I don't do the video on my on my PC here, but if you could see me, I'm just totally red. You've absolutely warmed my heart. That's and, uh, good. Thank you, that's man. Good. That's that's very kind words. I really. I, appreciate I don't it. mean any of it. I'm just hoping to get a second invite it's back. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah just lying absolutely. To you. But... Just hoping that he'll be like, this guy's really awesome. I'm gonna bring him back again. It's like I could give two shits about you, Sean. Don't follow nothing. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's all right. I know no, what New Jersey's all about. Just <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, um, actually, before we go, I do want to like maybe we. Can talk about this offline too but yeah. i've got a, a a friend of mine for christmas he gave me well he gave me a, a gift card to uh to best buy which is great but he also gave me a giant 200 pound box full of nintendo power so i'm gonna oh, take some pictures crap. of them i don't know what to do with, with them i think they're amazing they're all in great shape um but they've been sitting ever since christmas i don't know i i'm in the like we were talking about before with space i'm not sure what i'm gonna do with these mm-hmm. things but i'll let you know we'll work something out yeah, um maybe it could ship a couple of your way really uh but that would be great man i really appreciate you coming by and and chatting with us we're just talking about old times and that's what it's all about i indeed, absolutely love it indeed. how do you how do you guys feel after that that's something, man. That changed everything. I did give him Nintendo powers. I did deliver on that. We did. We did pretty much everything that we talked. We said we we're gonna do. We pretty much did it all, man, and more. And, and holy crap! It's funny that uh, the, the episode starts with this theme music, actually. And I wasn't. I don't have all the original like raw files, so like I basically just snagged the the original episode as it posted. And I didn't want to because the, the music kind of mixes in with him chatting at the start, although not very well. There was that that. I got a little, hopefully, maybe a little better after after time of mixing in the music and the, and the talking. And then also, I don't remember, it might have been if I talked to Jason Lacey, or I can't remember where it happened, where I started actually going to OC Remix and personalizing the music a little bit more instead of just repeating this song, man. I really, I liked it back then. I like it now. I think it's got a great tune to it, man. But uh, even longer, too. Even the... The, the, the music runs for like 25 seconds or 30 seconds or something so I, I obviously really liked it um, I really love doing this show I'm so glad that Bobby reached out to me he by him like just jumping into my DMs by him sliding into my DMs he changed my life forever the show would not be here there's no way I, I, I go ahead and, and become friends with Brock McLaughlin he changed my life as well Ryan Turford like even Dave Moore, like a lot of a lot of people, like there's no way, like this show changed everything. There's no way anything happens with Xbox. There's nothing, man. There's no Patreon. There's God knows what I would be doing right now. This show is, man, it's it's a challenging show to do, but it is everything, man. This this show is, real. I'm so glad Bobby did that. He changed everything. He gave me belief and and confidence in myself that I, I should keep doing this, and this was something unique and different and worthwhile. And I will never be able to repay him for that. I'll never. There's no way. But I can celebrate Bobby. And I know a lot of you guys are celebrating Bobby as well. We're wishing him all the best. I know he's going to be coming out of this this COVID thing very, very soon. I need him to, man. I miss him. I chat with him every single week now. Like This, is a, this was a special episode, but I chat with Bobby every week on Cup of Joe and Nintendo. And it's been a couple weeks since we were able to do that. So I'm really hoping he's able to to um to get healthy get well on whatever path he needs man and we're all here to support him the music is coming to the end so i just want to thank you guys so much for um going down this little what is it trip down memory lane 
and hope you guys enjoyed it. Support Patreon.com slash Yumi Capria. That's that's all I'm gonna plug. And we're gonna go find we're gonna go find Jason. We're gonna go find Jason. 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 Sean, where are you? Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Jason! 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 Jason!